Coming up on today's show, I'm joined by the host of the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. He's interviewed some very recognizable names in the world of pro wrestling. I'm talking about guys like Tim Storm, Johnny Bravo, Vince Russo. Stick with us because I've got Deshaun Whipple on the 93rd episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show. This is the Daily Wrestling News for May 7th, 2021. We are powered by the Eastern Observer. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studio B on the beautiful shores of the great Sakandaga Lake in the Empire States Adirondack Park. And I'm joined today by the host of The Whip Show, Deshaun Whipple. Good morning, sir. What's going on, man? You got me on the show today? I got you. <laughs> man, this, you're trying to tear the ratings up, make them go down? Come on, bro. You got a great show. Don't waste your time with me. <laughs> well, the best thing about talking to Mr. Whipple here is that he brings the energy. I was on his show a few weeks ago, and man, just so much energy. Uh, he made a straight man like me look like, uh, you know, incredible out there. <laughs> so, you well, you're an awesome guy, dog. You're amazing, bro. Don't shortchange <laughs> yourself. Well, we have a great show today. I want to talk about uh, your your show, The Whip Show. I want to talk about your history in professional wrestling and what things that you have done and your experience as a fan and otherwise. And uh, we've got so much to get into, so I say let's dive right in. That's so cool. why don't you start with telling us, you know, tell us about The Whip Show, and we'll circle back to it at the end, but let's kick off with that. Okay. Well, The Whip Show is an acronym for the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders Podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show. So it's like Brandon. I can put my name in there. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm the host of the show, Deshaun Whip Dog Whipple, with my co-host, Devastating Daryl Pace. Um, I actually met Daryl years ago at Michigan State University. He had a wrestling group called the Insiders of Pro Wrestling. Oh, we kind of yeah. put that with the wrestling heroes, so it kind of made a great connection and brand. Um, it's been a great show. We're on season three right now. We just finished up season three with you. So you are a season finale, dog. So, I mean, that's why I had to get the energy out of you. Uh, <laughs> we've had a great show, man. Three seasons, as he stated. We've interviewed some of the greatest guys in professional wrestling history. We've had Mr. Vince Russo, who obviously is one of the most, uh, what's the what's the pop word they use now? Polarizing figures yes. in the world of pro wrestling. Um, we've had Sonny Ono from WCW, the innovator of the selfie. We've had Scott Hudson, Alpha Jr., a uh, little bit of everybody. We've had John Cena Sr. on the show, yes. man. This has been a great, man, amazing time. Guys, make sure you check it out. We on all platforms, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Google Play, everything, man. So you mentioned a, a, a heck of a list of guests there. So I, I'm curious, what's your process look like when you're when you're trying to run down guests for a new season? Like, do you have a criteria that you're looking at when you look at guests? Uh, yeah, absolutely, I do. Uh, it starts off me and Daryl kind of just brainstorm about guys that we liked watching coming up in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, surprisingly enough, Daryl's a big fan of the Jobbers. I don't know okay. why, but that's his thing. So we were we were able to have Gilberg on the show as well as uh, uh, Randy Hogan, you know. Okay. So uh, that's his thing. But 
we we really brainstorm about some of the guys that we like watching growing up, man. And then honestly, we just go to their inbox like, hey, what's going on? Now I will say some of the guys like Johnny Bravo, who's from Impact Wrestling, or Congo Kong. Um, some of those guys I know from my years of pro wrestling. So we already have a relationship and they were grateful and gracious enough to just come on the show and spend some time with me. Um, and other guys, like I said, I just reach out to them, man. Um, and they've been willing to just do it. It's funny. We had Hannibal on the show and I talked to Hannibal about something and I said, Hannibal, uh, I know some guys pay people for coming on the show, but dog, I don't have any money to pay people. So are they going to come on or not? (laughs) Hannibal's like, man, just be straight up with them, ask them. And we've really been blessed, man. Three years, over 30 some episodes with some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And so I I guess, you know, we look at all these different guests that you have. Do you have a favorite that you point to? Like this was my favorite interview that we've done. Man, now you're going to put me on the spot, man. I shouldn't even be saying this. I, I will say this. Um, Gilbert was amazing. He actually pulled out the light heavyweight title on the show. <laughs> it was dope, man. We usually go about 45 minutes to an hour. Gilbert, we had to split it into because he we couldn't get him to stop talking, dog. Oh, that's you know and actually, me and Gilbert uh, actually ended up being pretty cool after that, man. And that's one thing I really do like. You know, you interview these guys. Some of them we know. Some of them we only know from the TV screen. But after the interview, for some reason, they just like our vibe. And next thing you know, we're chopping it up about all types of stuff, man. I'm actually going to visit. John Cena gave me his dad gave me an uh, open invitation to the crib. So I'm going to go over there. Now, I hope he ain't got the dogs to come get me when I get to the front door. <laughs> but I'm going when I get down to Boston, man. Man, oh man, you're gonna meet uh, John Cena Senior in yeah, person. Ho- That's great. Ho- ho- hopefully, little John is at the crib too. You know what I'm saying? Well, I won't be able to see him anyway. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so you know, I mentioned it right at the very beginning when we were talking. Like you know, it's your your energy and your style when you interview these people. You're off the charts. It's great. And I'm wondering, you know, how did you develop this style? Is this always this just you, or is this uh, something you've worked on over the years? <laughs> that's actually, actually a really good question. Nobody's ever asked me that. Um, it's me. I will say that growing up, I was a really shy, timid young man. And it's funny. A lot of my friends now can't believe that. But uh, I, I honestly remember I turned 20 years old. I just kind of start. I was in college. I just start kind of getting out there, enjoying life, partying a little bit, man, and just kind of let loose. Um, once I got into the world of professional wrestling myself, you know, you obviously got to build a character. And I was going like, man, I was going to be a uh, black Superman and come out with a cape and all this old, you know, <laughs> stuff that have been overly gimmicky. And I really found my niche when I became me. I mean, obviously I was turned up, but the same whip that goes to the club and parties and talks to every girl in there, whether he gets shot down or they love it, the same whip that goes to karaoke and does, it's tricky. It's just <laughs> over the top, man. And when I interview these guys, I want to make sure I res- let them know I respect what they do, sure. but we're colleagues, we're people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know how they feel when they get interviewed by a mark. And this is not a knock on some journalist, but you know when I had Vince Russo on, he went initially because I I got him through a connection of my guy Steve Joyner. Shout out to him, a publicist out in L.A. 
Vince was kind of like timid. He was like, man, I want to talk about wrestling. I don't know. We just And you can tell he was a little timid. By the end of the show, he's like, dog, you guys are cool. We might need to talk about being a part of the brand. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I, I try to interview these guys and talk to them like I would talk to anybody. Like, we having a conversation. You know, it's not um, December, 30, December 21st, uh, 2006, you had a match. And at the 10 minute and 15 second mark, because I don't <laughs> remember that stuff. You right. know what I'm saying? So I like to just chop it up with him, man. Yeah, I remember uh, in that Vince Russo interview. I think at one point he even said, "You know, I really don't like talking about wrestling, but you know, he but he he had so much energy in that conversation with you. I mean, you brought it right out of him. So yeah, you know, yeah. props on that. Shout out to Vince Russo, man. People say a lot of things about him, dog, but I'm gonna tell you, I had an amazing time with him, man, and I'm I still communicate with him. He's a great guy. Yeah, absolutely. I got comments rolling in here. You know, we're a live show. Chris Thrasher, you know, Chris is a, a host of the Wrestling Paradox podcast. And he says, you know, he loves hearing about new uh, new podcasts. And so he's excited to check yours out. So good deal. Good deal. Oh, appreciate that, man. Chris, like I said, go back, check out all the episodes. We're taking about a month off right now to let everybody uh, filter in some of the old episodes. And we coming back with that season four, man. Absolutely. Absence does make the heart grow fonder. Absolutely. So let's talk about you and your relationship with pro wrestling. You know, I've read a lot between the lines here. I haven't had asked you a whole lot of questions about it, but let's, let's start first. Like when did you catch the bug? Like when, is, when did you start watching or liking or, or whatnot wrestling? So you're just going to make me show my age dog. I already got my gray going. All right, fine. All right. <laughs> Well, it, it really started with me. I want to say about 84, 85. Okay. I remember my uncle kind of watching wrestling. He would come home from college, and I would just be sitting under him, and I, and I liked it. I thought it was different, man. These big, massive guys. Now, granted, I never knew I was going to end up being six foot five, 290 myself at that time, but, you know, life happens. Right. So I'm, but I would watch these guys. They were just bigger than life personalities, man. And, you know, you got stuff like football, basketball, all that's cool. But I really enjoyed the personalities. Um, then I remember going to WrestleMania 3, 1987 at the oh, Pontiac man. Silverdome. 93,000 plus fans. Um, and I was hooked. I'm talking the match with... Uh, Junkyard Dog versus King Harley Race, which JYD should have won. Uh, and I'm still pissed about that. You know, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man. And then my match, Hogan versus Andre. And when I felt the 93,000 people shake from that body slam, leg drop, and pin. I understand when I tell you this. This arena was vibrating. This arena, this stadium was vibrating. That moment, I was hooked. I you know, was hooked ever since. This is awesome because I actually have it here in my notes to ask you about uh, WrestleMania 3 because I know you're a Michigan guy. Yes. So it's on my notes to ask you about this. So you just leaped right ahead. That's awesome. That that moment was it. Ever since then, I've been connected. And obviously, uh, we go through our ups and downs of pro wrestling. But for some reason, man, that's when I knew I was a little different. Because I, even though it was time the wrestler wasn't the best, I never stopped being connected to it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I literally, would used, when I would have a job, I would hate to work on Monday nights. Because I knew I would miss Monday Night Raw. You know what I'm saying? And if you're a wrestling fan, you feel me on that. You know what I'm talking about, man. Uh, yeah, man. So 
And when the NWO came around in high school, that was it, man. Like we were jumping kids <laughs> in high school, trying not to get kicked out of class. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been connected since about '84, man. Yeah, and, and uh, rolling back to 1987, there for WrestleMania three, Junkyard Dog. He may not have won that match, but he left. He left on top. He left with the crown. He left with the robe. <laughs> yes, he did, man. But I just didn't like the fact he still did the curtsy, man. I'm yeah. sorry. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I guess you know we we've we've entered this subject. Let's let's continue with it here. Michigan, Michigan is like a hotbed for wrestling. So my question here is, who do you think is like the greatest to come out of the state of Michigan? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Um, we got some really good ones. All I, I'm not going to pick one. I'm not going to pick one. I'm sorry, okay. I can't do that. But obviously, some of the best that came out of Michigan. Uh, RVD, obviously. Sure. Um, the Steiner brothers, amazing. Sabu, I don't, you know, he gets credit. I still don't think he gets enough credit for uh, being as innovative as he is. A mm-hmm. lot of this stuff, some of these guys doing now, Sabu was doing it 20 years ago. You know, right. Sabu's a good friend of mine. Um, but I'm gonna tell you one that is least talked about. But I saw his very first match when he was on the independent scene, and I think he made an impact out of this world. Was that going? Wow, yes. You know, I I literally, like I said, I saw, I remember being at Zach's very first match because he actually trained um, where I trained at, okay, Uh, a few years later. He was going to Eastern Michigan. He came down and trained. And I remember seeing Zach with this kid with one leg, obviously, when he came into wrestling. And, you know, cancel culture, don't say anything bad about me. But with this guy with one leg, guys were laughing like, come on, man, this is a joke, dog. What is this? Then we saw his first show. And I remember tapping my boy because he was like, Whip, I want you to be there. I tapped my boy like, this guy's going to make it, dog. This is – I've never seen nothing like this in my life. Uh, Zach should have had an even bigger career than he did. But he's yeah. still known and now he's working with DDP Yoga and all that stuff, man. But, yeah, I think those are four of the top guys off the top of my head that I think really set a standard out of Michigan. And right now we got a lot of guys coming out the independent scene um, that are working for Impact Wrestling that are doing their thing. Shout out to a lot of them guys, man. So Michigan is still a hotbed for pro wrestling. That's all right. That's great. So we have what we have talked around this a bunch and I haven't got a chance to ask you, but sir, you are, you are a trained pro wrestler. So where did you go? When did that, you know, start to, to form where you, I mean, maybe you realized when you're six foot five or whatever, but, but when did you make that leap from, uh, you know, the, the person watching WrestleMania three and feeling the shaking of the crowd to in ring talent. I remember being 17 years old. It was my 12th grade year of high school. I had played high school football. And I was good, but I had got hurt. I was like, mm. and I liked it, but I still didn't like the, uh, it, it was too much of a team sport. I didn't like the individual. There was not enough individuality. Mm-hmm. Like literally even in high school as a football player, I called myself the whipalizer. So what I would do was when I sacked a guy, I would take my finger and write a W on his chest. I always got a 15 oh, yard penalty, but it was already showing some of that personality popping out. And I'm not even whipped yet, but I'm whipped. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Um, I'll never forget. I So at that point, I'm like, man, I really like wrestling, but I don't even know how to get into it. I mean, you know, so I used to get the pro wrestling illustrated magazines in the back of the magazine, it has something, uh, a book you could order called mm-hmm. The Inside Secrets of How You Could Get Into the World of Pro Wrestling. I ordered the book. It comes to the crib. 
My mama looks at it like it's crazy. Like, I know this boy ain't trying to be a wrestler. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I tell the book, I read it, and in the back, they had like 15 to 25 different wrestling schools. Um, so I'm like, okay, now I know step one, find a wrestling school. I mean, because I didn't know anything. I just saw from TV, and I'm like thinking they're just going to be there. Didn't know anything about independent wrestling. I find one of the wrestling schools that was local. Um, Doug Chevalier is a Canadian destroyer. He's one of the, he partially trained Rhino and a lot of the guys that came out of, uh, Michigan, like Johnny Bravo. A lot of guys came out of Michigan in the Canada area. Cause, um, our independent scene is connected Michigan and Canada, especially pre pandemic. Um, so with that being said, reached out to him. He was local, probably about an hour away from where I lived at. And I will go train there. Um, first I went to one of the independent shows he was putting on to meet them. And I'm going to tell you, even though it was 150 people there, I was amazed like I was watching WrestleMania because I had never been that close sure. to pro wrestling. Got sure. to talk to the guys. Obviously, I was a mark, so I was saying stuff that I had no business saying. Thankfully, the guys didn't try to hurt me because of that. Even though they had my, they had their time with me, man. They definitely had their time giving me the business. But went on to start training, man. Um, six months in, my trainer passed, unfortunately. Yes, he did. Rest in peace, Doug. So from there, I kind of just had to pick up pieces from what I had already learned and from other people. Uh, got to meet Dan Severn later on. He did a little bit work with me, man. And a lot of the guys really were blessings to me, man. So, and and are you still involved in, in the independent scene over in Michigan today? Uh, yes and no. Um, from t- I'm retired. I'm 40 years old, man. And I don't know if the girl didn't let me wrestle anymore. But <laughs> seriously, what happened? Um, no, I a lot of times there's a group called MPWA. Some of the groups will still call me in to MC and host the show. Sure, sure. Like, you know, so they like the outside energy, man. I probably I'm probably a better MC and host than I was a worker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So a lot of times they'll bring me in for that. So I'm still connected. I'm still cool with a lot of the guys. And if they need me, they know I'm only a phone call away. Now, did you meet a lot of interesting people that went on to to you know superstardom or anything like that? Did you meet any of them on the on the scene? I know oh, you met Johnny Bravo, right? Because yes, that was talked about in the interview. Yes, yes. Like I said, I met Bravo, met Kong, met Zach Gowan, me and Zach are tight, man. Uh, met Rhino over the years. Met Edge when he was coming up at Sexton Hardcastle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I met a lot of the guys. Plus, I, you know, um, I got to work myself. I got to work King Kong mm-hmm. Bundy. I got to wrestle Sabu. I got to wrestle Marty Janetti. Me and Marty talk all day long on Facebook, and Marty is Marty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, right. Marty is Marty. But, yeah, man, I'm I, and so many guys. I mean, yeah, one of the guys, and I, I this is kind of jumping ahead, but one of the guys I'll tell everybody to look out for is Atlas Hightower. Amazing okay. guy in the independent scene in Michigan. I've been a proponent for him for day one. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, D-Ray 3000, who went on to do some work over there, Impact Wrestling, man. Good guy. Big fan of his, too, man. He's He got some stuff coming up. He's trying to get back in the game heavy now. So, yeah. So it's, I think that's one of the interesting things that you bring to the podcast, most likely, and what's maybe attractive to some of your guests, you know, that you have this background that a lot of, you know, us out doing interviews don't really necessarily have. So you can talk their language and stuff and, and whatnot. So 
I, I definitely think that, man. I, and I'm looking back now that you said that. I don't think anybody ever got too irritated with me. Well, there was one. Uh-oh. And this was my very first interview, and that's because I will say I didn't realize how to arrange an interview. So if you're a podcaster out there, um, yes, you're being, yes, you're knowledgeable about the subject, but know who you're talking to and how you're going to speak with them. I interviewed Stevie Ray of the Heart of Me. was my first interview, and it was a great grab. But instead of me talking to Stevie, about Stevie's career. I'm so happy because actually I was doing another podcast for my company called Urban Embodiment. So it really wasn't a wrestling podcast, but it was WrestleMania weekend. We said, we'll get a wrestler on there. We was blessed to get Stevie. I'm talking to him about, hey, did you think Crispin Wall was the type of guy that would kill somebody? And he's like, man, know. what? You know what I'm saying? Don't ask me those. Like, I'm like, so Stevie, what do you think about uh, there's more black guys in wrestling? He's like, man, what did you bring me on? You know, it just the questions didn't flow like they were supposed to, but be after that, I went back to the lab and like, man, what am I doing? You know what I'm saying? Talk to these guys like I would talk to them for real. You know what I'm saying? I re-entered, uh, I reconstructed it when we started the web show, and it's been great ever since, man. Oh man, great, great story, you know, great Stevie. Story. I love you still, Stevie. You know, you know, you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, he can come on the whip show, and you know everything. Right, we can redo it, man. So, are you? So, uh, you know, you mentioned before that you you have always kind of stay connected. You, you've always kind of loved wrestling. Uh, is that that's so today? Do you still watch a lot of the current product? I do try to watch it. Like pay per views to come on, I'll watch it. Um, I can't say that I can sit through three hours of Raw, dog. I don't know yeah. if many people can. You know, I like what they're doing over AEW, but even AEW got some stuff that still seems indie to me. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, I love MJF, you know, and I love some of Darby Allen, but a lot of that stuff is still, you know, and, but I do still stay connected. I'll, I'll look at YouTube in the morning. They, you know, I'll, I'll check the results just to kind of stay uh, up to date. You know what I mean, and 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 understand there are still you know some stuff I like, but like I said, I don't know if like I said I like too many entire shows anymore. I pretty much like specific things. I don't know if you feel like that, but you know. Yeah, I think that you nitpick. There's there's probably something there's probably something on every show you like, and there's a few few things that you're not gonna like. So you yeah. have to nitpick a little bit. I, I I think that's fair. Is there one that's your favorite though? Like the one that you uh, that you do not miss. Uh, you, what do you mean, like a uh, favorite a week, what? A weekly show or whatever. Man, I, you know what? I'm gonna tell you. I actually do like SmackDown. Yeah. I, I actually like SmackDown. I usually try to, you know, what I'm saying at least catch an hour of SmackDown every Friday. I like right. said, I, Raw is hard for me, but I'm gonna tell you, I'm I'm a big fan of the Tribal Chief, man. The head of the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really like to watch what he's doing every week, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I even like what DB is doing again. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I try to I try to watch SmackDown every week. So that so you brought up uh, you brought up Roman, you brought up Daniel Bryan. I think uh, just because you're here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask because it's big news this week. Daniel Bryan's contract expired. Yes. Uh, and do you, you have thoughts? You have thoughts on where he would match up the best in the uh, in the wrestling world? You know. I actually would like to see DB do some stuff over there with Ring of Honor to kind of bring them back up to a level that they're competitive. Um, right. You know, yeah, Ring, Ring of Honor has done some great stuff 
in the past, but right now they really do look like independent promotion, you know. And don't get it twisted, they still got some great wrestlers over there. We just had one of the refs over there, Joe Maddox, on the show, but it's just you know, I think he would bring the level back up. I know a lot of people want him in AEW, however, AEW got a lot of guys they got to still get over, right? You know what I mean? When we talk about AEW, if we're not talking about Jericho and Inner Circle or MJF and Darby Allen, who else do we talk about? Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, we can put, you know, even Christian has came over there. And have we talked about Christian since his debut? Right. You know what I mean? So I, I know people would like to see Daniel Bryan go over there. You know, I, I don't know if he could even do the yes movement over there. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, you can get those matches. But I think he will be more uh, helpful to grow the business. If he could go to Ring of Honor. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of places where a guy like him could insert himself and raise the profile of the brand. Yeah. You know, Ring of Honor being one of them. NWA would be great too. Yes. Yes. You know. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a big power fan too. I didn't know. I didn't say that earlier. I, I, like I said, I'm a big power fan. Like you said, we had some Storm. We've had Joe Galley on the show. Um, I've been watching Power since day one. A little upset they went with the, uh, you know what I'm saying, pay platform. You yeah. know, like, I mean, you're good, dog, but I don't know if you're good. You know, TNA tried that 20 years ago, and how long did that last? But you Yeah, know. it didn't work for them, and uh, unfortunately, it, it caused a little bit of a, a downward on the buzz, I guess. But now, have you always been an NWA fan? I know you were talking about WWE back in the, in the early 80s and stuff, but – yes. Did you also follow NWA, WCW? Well, well yes, absolutely. Always um, WWF in my era, in my town, was yep. the thing. But we did have NWA spotlights come on uh, local Channel 7 at like 12 noon on a Sunday. So I would catch that. I was always hip to Ric Flair, uh, Barry Wyndham, Four Horsemen Sting, because, again, I, I've always read the magazines. So I'm always yep. in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. And if you remember, they used to break down uh, uh, the top promotions and did like a top 10 thing. Mm -hmm. So I always tried to stay there with them, man. Um, I never got to go to an NWA show. And they did used to come every blue moon to Cobo Hall here locally, which is a smaller venue. Uh, but I, like I said, I always stay connected, man. I, I tried to watch them. I, I knew about the Black Scorpion thing, you know, with Flair and yep. all that. And then as a transition to WCW, 605 Saturday night, TBS, I was all over it, man. Once I had an option to be able to watch it every Saturday, uh, WCW Power, Dusty Rhodes, some of Dusty's quotes when he was commentating over there were some of the most hilarious things in the world. Oh, my God. You know, so I've always stayed connected with it. Yeah, And like I said, I, I tried to watch WCW. And then, obviously, when it blew up, it became – the whole WCW NWO thing. It was a whole nother world, but I, yeah, I was on it before that. Yeah. Today happens to be the 32nd anniversary of the final steamboat flare match in their trilogy. Seriously. See, yeah. that's, that boy is a historian. Y'all, y'all hear this, man. But, <laughs> you know, I'm glad I got you here. I know this is your show, but since you brought it up, I'm going to ask you a question to this day. I still get confused and, and I've read it a million times. The whole, uh, the NWA WCW switch. I know it had to do with Crockett and all that, you know, but I, it's still confusing to me how they just the switch yeah. from you know from Crockett to Ted. I don't know, man. Do you have a explain? I I don't know that I can explain the whole situation, but I know that you know when when WCW you know and you know started to take off, 
they had the NWA belts essentially, right? right? They, right. they had, you know, and a lot of the early shows were NWA branded. Yeah. Of course, NWA is, you know, they got a territory here, territory there. And, you know, all, you know, as Vince McMahon starts growing, he starts gobbling up these territories and they get fewer and fewer and fewer. And then you got Crockett's like the last you know, major guy standing that's part of NWA. And I think ultimately, you know, he just got the, he got it at the end. Now, but I know, I don't know if you ever seen the picture of the video. The one time that Vince had, uh, uh, was on TBS. Do you remember the logo he was standing in front of? It's TNT, right? No, it's a world championship oh. wrestling. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. That's right. So, you know, that's why it was always still kind of confusing to me. Like, when did a world championship wrestling become not just something to say, the actual brand, the actual right. promotion, man? Yeah, I would, you know, if if it wasn't a pop quiz, I'd be able to give you an answer. Okay, 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 okay. Cool, 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 cool. But, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, – but certainly some great matches from – from that era and that's that steamboat flare trilogy is you know still talked about to this day and it happens to be the anniversary so happy anniversary, Man, guys. <laughs> as you probably know that clash of the champions actually competed with that steamboat and flare went against each other i believe it was three i'm not sure but i believe it was three competed with wrestlemania what five i think oh man all those early nwa shows i, I don't know the specific on this but i know that like Starcade and Survivor Series were on top of each other, and it was you know just an effort to bring the other company yeah. down. Right, but like I literally think Clash of the Champions was the same day as a WrestleMania, and I yeah. think they still did a strong uh, rating that day. One was free on television, right? Well, obviously, <laughs> yeah. pay per view. So yeah. it's like, man, but they were. I mean, the it's funny. Like today, we talk about the ratings on wrestling. We're talking about one million viewers and stuff like that, and times have changed. Yeah. But back in those days, one million would be a a, a travesty, you know. It's Man, like you, you know, and and I hate to keep rehashing, but going back when when we had uh, Vince Russo on the show, we were talking about that, especially when they were doing the Wednesday Wednesday Night Wars. And you're mm -hmm. talking about seven hundred thousand and five, and we're like, yeah, you know, we're we're arguing about it. But if it was any other TV show, it would have got canceled with those type of ratings. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they had a contract, whatever. But any other show, five hundred thousand probably wouldn't even made it to a season two yeah no 100 percent um so i guess tell everybody again about the whip show and where they can find it and everything like that well i got some more questions but let's let's dive into that one more time let everybody know where they can find the whip show all right yeah guys once again check out the wrestling heroes and insiders podcast aka the whip show on all platforms we have the videos on youtube so just put in the whip show but we're also on if you want to listen to just the audio anchor spotify google iHeartRadio. we're on all podcast platforms man subscribe follow like so you can make sure you stay up to date and also like us on facebook we got all types of content on there sometimes we just talk about random goofy stuff just like on our instagram at the whip show podcast Random goofy wrestling memes, questions, just clowning, man. Just like our personalities, having fun, man. So if you want to have fun with pro wrestling, holler at us. I got like five or six more questions for you, but I'm going to tell some people about some other stuff, and then we'll come back and I will ask the remaining questions, and and we'll get through here. But I want everybody to to check out the Prime Time Rundown each and every Friday night at 6 p.m. Join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca. They take you through the world of sports. Again, the show kicks off at 6 p.m. 
on the Eastern Observer. And then on Tuesdays on the Eastern Observer, we have the Essential Wrestling Podcast. Every Tuesday at 6 p.m., Al Carl is the host. He's a regular on this show as well. I'm there, John DeCani, Gary Maheffi. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. And then this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show, we're here every day, Monday through Thursday. And like today, also on Friday, when we have a killer guest like Mr. Deshaun Whipple here. So uh, join us every day at 10 a.m. for that. The Body Slam Brigade newsletter, it's a free newsletter. It comes out each and every week at 11 a.m. So it's coming up in 28 minutes this week. I'm talking about all my dream opponents for Daniel Bryan, uh, as well as giving you all the week's news. So do subscribe there. And then if you want to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling, go for an account at prowrestlingpick'em.com. You can fantasy pick every single show, collect points, and play against your friends or play against the universe. And uh, one other thing, we've got T-shirts. Go to buyslamclothes.com. For 20 bucks, you can pick up a T-shirt uh, and support Minutes to Bell Time on everything that we're doing. Mr. Deshaun Whipple has a shirt on right now, Bell Time Club. I am wearing the clothesline, and the featured this month is the crucifix, which I just had up on the screen. So you can pick that up, buysclamclothes.com. But back to the subject at hand. Commercials over. Let's go back <laughs> to back to the whip show. So do you, sir, have any big goals for the remainder of 2021 on the whip show? Man, just keep growing the audience. Uh, you know, podcasting is a serious thing. People think you just take a camera or just start recording. Podcasting is very serious, and it's just growing the audience, taking it. I also want to do, by the end of the year, a giant podcast convention. Um, obviously, because wow. of COVID, you know, everything's been going on. But, you know, we've been – people getting vaccinated. So we're opening up a little bit. I would like to bring 10 to 15 podcasters together. And I'm not talking about the super podcasters. You know, those guys obviously are who they are. Eric Bischoff, them great shows, 83 Weeks and all that. But I want to bring some of those second-tier podcasters and just really do a dope podcast convention, bring some workers in, the interview. I think that just will be an awesome thing to just strengthen the podcast world. Because, there's you know, there's a million podcasters out there, and there's a lot of guys that don't get any love. So right. just bringing it together, man, and just growing it. So that's all I really want to do. Oh, that's, a, that's an awesome uh... – that's an awesome goal. Uh, and if people are listening to the whip, to this show and hearing about the whip show for the first time, what episode would you say, go watch, it'll it'll knock your socks off and you won't miss a single one after that? Top three off the top of my head, Vince Russo, awesome show. John Cena Sr., awesome show. Because I actually, for John Cena Sr., I had him with an exclusive question. I said, everybody rate your son on the top. Where do you rate your son? as Ooh. being one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, do you – and I want you to go check that out and listen to his response, man. Oh, he was shaking. He, and John Cena Senior, I don't know if y'all know about him. He has a great podcast himself. He's a straight shooter. He'll talk. But that was the one question that he was like, oh. But check that out. Listen to his response for that. And number three, Gilbert, man. Gilbert was one of the funnest guys I've ever met in my life, man. Um, we do a couple things on the show. One of the uh, segments is called Book Yourself, where we take these guys from the past and we tell, ask them a question, where would they put themselves right now and uh, be uh, progressive and a great part of pro wrestling right now. And we also do mark out moment, where we ask a superstar, what was the moment that made them 
still shape. Make them question, man, I can't believe I'm here. You know what I mean? So we got some great segments on the show. Check it out. But those three for sure. Vince Russo, John Cena Sr., and Gilbert. In that order. Uh, Al Carl, who's the host of the Central Wrestling Podcast, wants you to come on the show and make some guest picks. So put you on the spot there. So Hey, man, hit me up, man. The Whip Show Podcast at gmail.com. Send an email. Holler at me. I'm always for being on somebody's show, dog. You know, you mentioned those ones, and those and those are great. I listened to uh, recently the you know before I went on on, on with you, I listened to the Joe Mendek um, interview. That was really fascinating because you know he's a referee, so he's not often put in front of the mic, uh, you know, to to talk about things. But super well spoken. Yes, he he, he was happy to be there and talk to you, and he was very forthcoming. I thought with with different things. So you got a lot of. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, we interview those guys and especially, you know, normally we interview guys that, are, that aren't under contract anymore. Um, right. He was, he's still under contract. He was in the ROH bubble when we right. were talking to him and he still was wide open about everything as it related to pro wrestling. I mean, other companies and, you know, sometimes they can't talk about that type of stuff, but he was wide open, man. And um, he really put over ROH in a great way. Absolutely. And uh, and the Johnny Bravo one, man, you guys are both dressed for the occasion. So, oh man, yeah, you 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 you're, you're doing your research, man. Yeah, yeah. we were. <laughs> Shout out to Bravo, so I, man. he's my guy. So in in the just in the spirit, you know, you're on the show, so you always ask people to book themselves. So I'll ask you this. I'll turn the question back to you. If you could interview anyone, anyone that there is. For your show, who would you have on? If I could have anybody, it would be Hogan. Hogan, okay. Obviously, you know, Hogan was my guy growing up. He's, I mean, even though we had a little bit of a falling out a couple years ago, uh, he's still my guy. I actually sent him a message on Twitter. He didn't respond, but there's a picture of me and him online. And I was like, dog. Send me a couple dollars. I can stop all this problems for you, man. I can post a picture, say you're a great dude, that I love you. You took care of me. You raised me. I used to call him my dad, dog. I <laughs> ran a Whippermania character when I was wrestling. I was the Black Hawk Hogan. But <laughs> honestly, if I could pick Hogan's brain, it would be awesome, man. Um, I, I know he's done interviews, but one thing about Hogan, he's a worker. So a lot of his interviews he does, you could tell he's still kind of working people. Sure. I would want to be able to sit with him as Whip and Hogan and just talk some shit. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Talk some stuff, drink a beer, and just go. I know I could pull some stuff out of him that's never been talked about before. Oh, that's that's fun. That that would be a great interview. You know, it's, it's interesting. I watched last night, um, you know, after hours, after all the wrestling was done, I watched the Randy Savage documentary uh, that just came on A&E. And it was so funny because you hear they're asked, they ask Hogan a question. He answers it one way. They ask the same question to somebody else. And they say, I kid you not, the exact opposite thing. It was hysterical, <laughs> which just goes to show you back in those days, you know, nobody had the right version of what was going on. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my God. I mean, and, and because, again, they're all workers. Um, right. That's how they were raised. So they tell the story as it relates to them, but not. And not and it all sometimes the story kind of changes. Mm-hmm. So the hardest question I have for every single guest that comes on is what's a stereotype or stigma about or within wrestling that just needs to change? 
Juice needs to be dropped. Well, I'm going to say this only because I was, uh, again, a fan for years. And it, I will admit it has been changing, but we could continue to be even more progressive. Um, being a black man myself, some of the stuff they did back in the day with Kamala, Coco Beware, too many times the black wrestlers were under. Mm-hmm. You know, the gimmicks were too stereotypical. Like Kamala, I respect that he wanted to be in the business, but come on. You know, even what they did with Tony Atlas when he came back as Samba Simba and stuff. Now, I will say, we obviously, we're getting more progressive now with the New Day. We had the Hurt Business, even though they broke up for, like, no reason at all, which was, like, another dumb thing to do. I mean, they were the hottest thing in wrestling. But I need we still need to take away some of those dumb, stereotypical things. And I'm not just talking about the black wrestlers. All ethnicities. You know what I mean? Let these people just work. Let them work. Let them build characters and continue to do that. And again, I know they're being more progressive with it, but let's let's keep it going. That's my main thing. Yes, we want the trajectory up. Yes, <laughs> let's not let's not regress. So mm-hmm. totally agree, with, and that's a that's a great answer because I don't think I've had anybody answer it that way before. So that is a really good, really solid answer. And you've pointed to a bunch of examples of things that. Happening today that you know could be improved yeah. upon and stuff. So very good. Well, sir, anything else you want to tell the good people about? Before we go, there's one thing I want to talk to you about that has been bothering me in the world of pro wrestling. And I haven't even brought it up yet on my page, but you know, we talk about the forbidden door. Sure. And, and Impact Wrestling is doing their thing with AEW. And I want to ask somebody else in the you know, another person that's a journalist. Do you okay? Everybody talks about how good it is. I think it's terrible. Like I like the whole match with Rich Swan, but mm-hmm. am I the only one that notices Kitty Omega really and AEW does nothing for Impact on the Dynamite show? I mean, yeah, the Good Brothers are on there, but they bar- once they lost the titles, they barely even reference that they're a part of Impact. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand why Rich Swan and none of these guys have made any type of appearance or are talked about at all on AEW. If they were, maybe I missed it, but I just don't understand, you know, is it really helping impact? You know, I have been wondering this question myself when because it does seem like it's a one-way door, right? Tony Khan and Kenny Omega can walk through, but nobody from Impact seems to be able to walk out in, onto the AEW show. And God, don't we want it? Don't we want to see Abaddon versus Sue Young? Right. Don't we want to see some of this stuff? Like, um, so does it? Is it really, really helping Impact? Here's where it's helping Impact. I think the Rebellion show that they just had was the highest-grossing pay-per-view that Impact's had in years, maybe ever, but definitely a long, long time. So you have that going for them. Um, it does get fans thinking about what could happen. Uh, Impact's always been very good about that themselves, though. You know, with they have Slammiversary, and it's going to be like two days after the the 90-day non-competes expire and stuff like that. You know, that's kind of their way of getting, you know, creating a buzz and stuff. But uh, I would I would point to the financial success of Rebellion as probably the big in, um, uh, positive for Impact. And hope, I think they're hoping to continue that as long as they have Omega wrestling on top. But I would love to see them get some exposure on TNT as well. I think that'd be great. For so sure, sure. Now, the Forbidden Door is more than just AW and Impact, though. You got a little New Japan going on. This is true. This is true. Too. 
Because I think we had, what, Finn Juice is the tag. Aren't they the tag champions, I think, over there in Impact now? And, right. I mean, even we can kind of say when we had Jericho on the Broken Skull Sessions, I mean, yeah. a little 10 bit years of ago, we would have never seen nothing like that. We wouldn't have seen NWO Hollywood Hogan on uh, no. with Cornette if it was underneath the WWE banner. You know what I'm saying? So even that yeah. crossover, I kind of say, is underneath the Forbidden Door. It's interesting because in that case, um, you know, we can say Forbidden Door, right, is a good analogy for Impact and AEW. When you talk about AEW and WWE, I, I don't think people were aware there was a door. Forbidden yeah, or not. <laughs> absolutely. You, I mean, it wasn't even a door to go through. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Absolutely. You're absolutely walk. right. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, that these relationships keep cropping up. We know that right now MLW and WWE are having conversations at the highest level to have some sort of partnership there. So that could be, that could be really great for MLW could raise their profile. I hope I'm not sure what's in it for WWE yet, but you know, maybe some of their people can get more work in. So yeah, definitely that because I actually, um, you know, they have a working relationship with evolve and um, I actually saw an evolve show here in Michigan and uh, they had the Street Profits when they were the NXT champions yeah. on there. And they, they had um, Chris Hero, he won't catch his Ono then. Um, but they had a lot of guys. So it was really a great show. And, uh, you know, it definitely helped evolve. So I, I think, truthfully, though, the benefit for WWE is just to have a pipeline to those guys because then yeah. those guys won't go to AEW. They're already in the WWE farm system. It kind of goes straight up to NXT, then uh, hopefully WWE. And there's great talent on MLW. I think oh, yeah. he has passed on a lot of them in the past, but you know they went to MLW and they worked on their game and kind of round out some of those things that WWE might have passed on. But now you got Hammerstone and Fatu and even Richard Holiday, uh, yeah. some of these guys that are just incredible. And then you know Court Bauer, he's a former WWE guy, so you know there's a lot of uh, relationship and stuff there. So you know I like to see. The companies working together because I think mm-hmm. it keeps us on our toes, us fans as we're watching. Yeah. You know, it gives us something to hold on to. We think that anything could happen on any given night. Um, a lot of surprises are gone though because you know networks want ratings, so they want you to announce it in advance. But right, um, but I do like it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and going back to wrestling growing up, that was the one thing that we had. You never truly knew what was going to happen. Right, And if you can get that feel back, I think we can finally bring some more fans because we sit here, uh, we can talk about it, we can have a million podcasts, but there's no reason. And I say, and people make all the excuses, uh, DVR, this, that, and the other. There's no reason. There's only 2 million fans watching Raw, barely, if, right. and 1 million watching AEW. That ain't but 3 million. And we know even some of those cross because it's Monday and Wednesday. When at one point in time, we had damn near 8 million people watching pro wrestling absolutely absolutely there's no reason seven million people should be gone but no i agree there's so many last fans they need to come back (laughs) all right man anything else you want to chat about yeah man just like i said first and foremost i want to say thank you for having me on the show dog had a great time hope i didn't talk too much man i know i didn't can run my mouth man but man thank you for having the show and everybody that watched Check me out. My man that want me to do his show, like I said, hit me up, the Whip Show Podcast at gmail.com. And you know what to do. Watch the Whip Show each and every Friday. We'll be back in one month. But go back and watch mm-hmm. the other shows. YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio. Dope shows, great shows. Check them out.
the Whip Show Podcast, Wrestling Rolls and Insiders. You got a guest you want to leak yet or not quite ready? Nah, man. Nah, man. In due time. In due time, okay. we'll leak the guest. I'm, I'm going to keep it under wraps right now. Well, give us an exclusive. When it comes time, you know, we'll make the announcement for you. Um, for <laughs> sure. I'll let you, man. <laughs> All right. For Deshaun Whipple and the Wrestling Heroes and Insiders podcast, a.k.a. The Whip Show, this is Ryan Joy from the Daily Wrestling News Show. We'll catch you on Monday. Take care, guys. Oh, I got to play my outro video. There we go.